This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver... Local lawmakers took aim at social media this week with some wild new ideas to protect our teens. So me and Bree and a very cool guest are talking TikTok. Plus, is 2024 gearing up to be the biggest summer for live music in Denver ever? And as always, our wins and fails of the week. Also, be warned, this episode features a surprising amount of explicit language. Today is Friday, February 23rd. I'm Paul Caroli, and here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the city with some very aggressive new chicken advertising. <laughs> did you see this billboard at 6th and Grand Prix? I did, Paul. Will you, will you read what it says? I would I would be Because it delighted. perplexed me. I, I felt the same way. I was driving down the street and I saw this and I had to stop and take a picture. It's for the Post, Chicken and Beer. Good place. Wait, is that what it's called? Yeah, Chicken yeah. and Beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, the billboard is telling me they have locations in Lohi and Rosedale. So. Um, I've been to the Rosedale location, also known as a part of DU is kind of what I call it. Oh, yeah? You know, I, is, I don't know where Rosedale like is. It's Broadway-ish and Evans is where this spot <sighs> is. Oh. I, and so yep. that's the Rosedale area. I, I have to say I didn't hear the word name Rosedale till like 10 years ago, but I'm sure it's been around. That Rosedale, the hot, mm-hmm. the hot new neighborhood. Yep. Roda. <laughs> Good old Roda. Roda. <laughs> um, anyway, here's what the billboard says. Chick-fil-A employees in uniform eat free on Sundays. Okay. Yeah. For folks that don't know, Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays because it is a religious uh, affiliated mm-hmm. restaurant. So the Post so the taking post a shot. So the Post is you know, saying- We I, got chicken on Sunday. Yeah, sure. They have chicken on. They have chicken every day. But mm-hmm. like, um, why as a Chick-fil-A employee do I have to cosplay as myself in my costume? I mean, I guess it's a uniform- Come into a restaurant on my day off. That's exactly what I thought. And eat the thing that horrible. my restaurant makes. <laughs> this is so unpleasant. And no offense. And I know this is actually it's not controversial. A lot of people like Chick-fil-A, myself included. It's delicious. I'm not gonna be hunting down another chicken restaurant on my day off. If the post wants me to hunt down their chicken restaurant, they could bring the cauliflower, fried cauliflower oh, sandwich yeah. that Chick-fil-A had very briefly. They were testing it out here in Denver yes. and then they took it away after like two months. I was so upset. Well, Paul, I'll tell you, I used to make Chick-fil-A at home and the secret is uh pickle juice in your batter. So oh. Just try that at I home, might. maybe. I might. I know you're a little bit of a culinary experimental guy. Try it. <laughs> I but at any sometimes rate, sometimes cook. Yeah. <laughs> I love the post. Also, I just don't understand this. Mm-hmm. This gets a this gets a quizzical look from from CityCast Denver. This billboard. Yeah. Anyway, it's Friday. We're here in the 5280 Magazine Studios. You heard her voice. Our host Bree Davies is here. Hey, Bree. Hi, Paul. 
Um, before we get to our great guest, we have to uh, talk a little bit about this nice comment we got from a listener this week, Don L., yeah. uh, who just signed up to support CityCast Denver, became a member. Don wrote to us, I started listening to CityCast Denver about six months ago and quickly became completely hooked. I start my day listening to the podcast and I'm so grateful to know more about what is happening in Denver in its upbeat yet authentic feeling format. I have visited several of the places mentioned. I've been thinking about supporting the show financially since the sponsorship program began. Since I pay for streaming TV content I underutilize, it seems only right to support a program I value and listen to every day. Thank you for all you do to create this high quality program. What a nice comment, Don. Thank you so much. Yeah, Don, that is the best. Isn't that also the dream that someone starts their day with your podcast? To me, mm -hmm. there are shows I start my day with. Absolutely. After my own, of course. <laughs> after I listen to myself talk every morning <laughs> while I'm taking a shower. <laughs> but all that to say. Do you do that? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. I, hear, I hear comments in the morning from you. Yeah, sometimes it'll depend. I try to listen to it every day, but. Not always first in the morning. At any rate, it's so nice to hear that. It's so nice that um, Dawn listens and that she takes our <laughs> she takes our recommendations and that she thinks that we're worth supporting. So yeah. if we're getting in there with your rotation of subscriptions, I feel pretty honored. Yeah. So if you feel like Dawn, you know, please become a member today. It is really, really important for the future of this thing. If we're going to continue to exist, to bring you this show every day, to find the best pizza in the city, to do that hard work, to interview the mayor, uh, to ask hard questions, you know, to help you feel more connected, please sign up today at membership.citycast.fm. You get ad-free listening as a little bonus, and you can do it all for a little as little as $8 a month. As Peyton says, as little as buying one coffee for us a month. <laughs> Peyton, Peyton, our uh, newsletter editor, <laughs> uh, of course. Um, anyway, let's get to that fantastic guest I mentioned. Yeah. Um, she's the lead songwriter for Bell Haas, uh, a local group that has a new EP out this month called A Rose of Thorn. Mm -hmm. Becky Hostetler, welcome to the show. Hi. Um, oh, so fun fact. Yes. I'm now Odorola. Becky Odorola. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Wait a Just yeah. changed yeah. it. What's the, Just You got married recently? I got Married. Congrats. That was actually the last podcast I was on. <laughs> my husband's uh, loops. I'm going to shout out my husband's okay. music blog. <laughs> Coming out strong with a plug. I love it. Yeah, He's a but, great music writer. Oh, I read his stuff. That's oh, great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yay. Tell us about the new EP, A Rose of Thorn, Becky. Um, <laughs> it has been, it was recorded in 2020. It was one of those, yeah. Oh, wow. I <laughs> know. It, <sighs> and so it's not new to me, um, and but it's the kind of thing where it takes so much effort to put something out, and I stalled myself with the idea of perfectionism. I let that get in the way of progress, um, and but now I, it's here. Now it's here. Thank goodness. And now. Yeah. Fans of your band get to hear something new from you, which I know yes. it's hard when it's like you've been holding on to it for four years, but everybody else didn't get to hear it. So. Right. Yeah. I think if anyone's seen us live, they've probably heard the vast majority of it, but now it's a really cool recorded version. I like got excited because it's uh, we worked with Philadelphia Studios, Headroom Studios, uh, Joe Reinhardt. He's the guitarist for Hop Along, um, awesome. Philadelphia hmm. known band and... Um, I mean, yeah, uh, and also guitars, guitars, plays guitar for um, Algernon Catawolader, which is like a, a like, l long standing like DIY 
band. Um, Very mathy. Yeah. Yeah, I got to say, I think it paid off too. I think the music is fantastic. There's this one song on here. I'm interested to hear that it was from four years ago because I feel like it really, this the Denny's, the Denny's song. Denny's, Denny's people love that song. It's a great song. I feel like (laughs) it was like, you really captured this very Denver feeling of malaise. That I feel sometimes. (laughs) Yes. Is that what you were going for? Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. Well, at that time, I wrote that song in 2018. I know. I thought so. I was like, when Paul was talking about it, I was like, I know this song. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's on this record, but I have seen you play it. Yes, we did it on Sounds on 2019. That's what I thought. I was like, I'm pretty sure you played it live. Different band lineup. Yeah. Um, Yeah, everyone loves it. It's really cool. Um, but I had just moved in with like a new roommate. I had just quit a job for the first time without, um, having another one on the line. So I was between Mm -hmm. jobs, driving Grubhub and picked up pancakes for someone at that Denny's at Peoria and like I-70. And like my roommate called me and I was like, am I in trouble? Like (laughs) (laughs) just the anxiety of a new roommate. Literally that first like line I was just like, is literally what it try like picking up food from the Denny's. It's not even creative at that point. (laughs) It's autobiographical. But the video itself is in the Denny's. Yes. The exact Denny's. Which is what I really resonated with (laughs) because I have such a strong affinity for diners. And as we lose them, Denny's is a chain version, but it's something. Yeah. And it's it's what we have, kind of. Yeah, it kind of is yeah. right now. And I'm from Southern California, so uh, we had Denny's, and but not as many like Waffle Houses. Mm. So I, I know a lot of people really reflect on Waffle House as like an important establishment, but I never really went to one. I never did either. Yeah, like marching band after I was in Color Guard in high school, marching band after I'd I had strict parents who wouldn't let me go to Denny's after the competitions. <laughs> oh, we used to ditch school because there was a Denny's by my high school, and that was where we would go. And then they would call nice. the school and be like, hey, some kids <laughs> we are got some of your kids here. smoking in our smoking section, and <laughs> three of them ordered water and one ordered a coffee. And yep. their tab is a dollar and ten cents because this get, was nineteen ninety-five. Come get these miscreants. Yeah, they would. And then we would yes. get in trouble. But oh I love it. But that was my experience with Denny's was the diner that I went to that was close to my school. Yeah. So I, feel <laughs> I feel you. All right. Well, well let's hear a little bit of that song and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about the news. Picking up food from a Denny's on Peoria. story today. The fight over social media has come to Colorado. After the U.S. Congress held hearings on this this alleged harm to children from social media last month, lawmakers at the state capitol now uh, this week apparently are getting serious about implementing some new regulations. Um, So we'll get into their ideas in uh, just a second, but I thought it might be nice to start with a clip from those congressional hearings last month. This is uh, Republican Josh Hawley questioning Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Senator, we try to understand the 
uh, the feedback and, and how people feel about the services, we can improve. Wait a minute, them. your, own, your are... own study says that you make life worse for one in three teenage girls. You increase no, Senator, anxiety and depression. Says. That's what it says. And you're here testifying to us in public that there's no link. You've been doing this for years. For that's... years, you've been coming in public and testifying under oath that there's absolutely no link. Your product is wonderful. The science is nascent, full speed ahead, while internally, you know full well your product is a disaster for teenagers. Senator, and yet you keep true. right on doing what you're doing, right? That's not true. That's not true. Let so me, let me, let me, the question here is whether or not social media has a negative effect on teenagers' mental health, right? Because that it's I think it's still alleged that's what they're fighting over. What do you two think? I mean, I can only imagine the experience that I have as an adult on social media is really intense in terms of like I think about growing up and the conversation in the 90s was about magazines, right? About or images on TV, what we were being fed about our bodies. And, you know, I grew up in the world of diet culture and all of these things that were he heavily influenced how I felt about myself. And I can only imagine having that constant um, interaction with that information on social media. I would agree. I mean, and I think a lot of parents would agree. My kids are not as happy when they spend more time on social media. I don't know. Becky, you, you work for DPS. Like you see a wide swath of, of kids' experiences. Yeah, and I that's kind of the part of TikTok that I end up on <laughs> sometimes <laughs> is teacher talk. But um, I do agree that it's, it's not great. And I hear more from, like, indirectly because I'm at the I, – I work at the central office, so I'm kind of visiting and hearing um, pieces of what's happening at the schools. And it's definitely not – like the influence of so social media isn't super helpful. <laughs> is, it, is it discussed as if it's a distraction or is if if it's this this like scourge that's making people depressed, making kids depressed? Um. Yes. Both. <laughs> both and. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think both. Um. I was reading about the Senate bill and I like the specific restrictions that it's proposing in terms of. So what it'll do is after 10 p.m., it, if a if a child, if a young young no a young child a young person a young person, <laughs> if a young person is on their phone for more than an hour after ten, there will be an alert that comes up on their phone. I don't know how this works. That's where I have a lot of questions. Is like, who's putting those alerts yeah. on their phones? Like, is is this really something like the state can control? Yeah, I was like, is this a privacy issue already? It with doesn't. Who has yeah, to so that's phone? an issue. Oh, and that's the thing. That's the big issue at DPS is um, the privacy issue. Like, there are a lot of. I think I'm a kind of a Pollyanna in terms of everything, but I work in career and technical education. So it's all the graphic design classes that are at the high schools. It's the coding, it's AutoCAD with engineering, it's um, the robotics classes. So I think of it as in terms of making sure kids have access to the really cool programming that's out there, the really cool applications that are out there. So I'm a little worried about that access. But I like that this in a bill, at least like what the conversation the kind of conversation in terms of restrictions is kids being on the phone late at night. Mm. Um, I know that's when I watch too many Buffy episodes until three in the morning. <laughs> I watched um, a lot of paid programming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I saw some things I shouldn't have seen, <laughs> you know, when my friends talked about 4chan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I, 
I definitely, I am a little bit, we already struggle with um, our technical support and the restrictions that we have um, in terms of like what students can access for like really good reasons. My forte is the business classes. I taught small business before and that's the curriculum I work with more. And they are struggling with, okay, social media is so prevalent for business how can we do a, a realistic social media project in class that's about marketing? That's, you know, mm -hmm. a realistic thing. There's literally a class that's social media for business. And so I'm really um, torn in terms of I kind of I really understand the like ex the views that are a little more extreme coming from the senators um, just because there is a lot of concern, mm -hmm. of course, but um, I'm also dealing a we we have a daily battle where teachers are coming to us and being like, okay, well, we my kids can't access Photoshop again. Like, yeah, like some <laughs> of these platforms are just how life works now. Mm -hmm. Like, if you take this, the pop up warnings. Like, let's say you're working on a project for your small business class and you want to set up a Facebook ad, yep. and maybe you like to work at night. You know, is that so bad? Right. Um, so you're getting a pop-up warning after an hour, yeah. but you're not just getting one under this bill. The pop-up would reappear again after 30 minutes, then after another 15 minutes, and finally every five minutes the user remains on it. I don't mean to also ask it's a really – It's pretty intrusive. Yeah, it it's seems intrusive and annoying, but also Apple products don't allow pop-ups. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How, how, so the implementation this of this is, very, is like – Yeah. It, it feels like a lot of legislation around, although I don't want to undermine the legislation because I know young people help directly craft it. But mm -hmm. I will say it still feels a little bit – it's always we're behind the curve when it comes to technology and legislation or trying to catch up and figure out something that's already happened. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that I, I want to think a little bit more abstractly about this issue, which is beyond – the school applications of it, what kids are using it for. Mm -hmm. And I just think about the lack of things we have in the world for young people to do, places to go, yeah. places to experience. I've heard a lot of younger people like have a interest in the nostalgia for the mall because so few of them exist. Yeah. But it's where kids <laughs> hang out. Yeah. I spent a lot of time doing nothing at the mall before I worked there. Yeah. Or skating rinks, mm -hmm. bowling alleys arcades, like things that feel and sound archaic when I say them out loud, but kids just want a place to be together. Is that maybe part of the issue is we just have removed so many things from everyday society that teenagers don't even have a place to not be in trouble? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's another place that teenagers can go to not be in trouble, the Fortnite Island. You know, they can go <laughs> hang out with their friends on there and do yeah. missions and stuff. Yeah, and that's, that's true. There's some of this I that's just like that either. adult bias that really reminds me of the, the you talked about the 90s earlier, but this like, what was it? Which first lady was it that was trying to crack down on video games? Was oh, it Barbara God. Bush? Probably. Wanted to like, to get violence out of video games. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I just feel like so much of this is fueled by like fear and misunderstanding yeah. and like yeah. misplaced anxiety like yes the, the depression like kids having way worse rates of depression that's horrible mm -hmm. yeah. but like is social media to blame i think it could be part of it yeah just based on the experience that i had with things that i was exposed to as a teenager 100%. and how they shaped how i felt about myself definitely well we'll post a link to the denver post story about these uh these various proposals going through the state house right now um it includes a quote from governor jared polis who would have to have the final say on this our famously libertarian leaning governor uh does not seem very interested in any of these he's uh, a crypto so bro <laughs> 
I mean, I'm he just saying, like, he's invested in the internet. He, he loves the he internet. Is. He is. He made money from the internet. He wants the kids to stay online paying for his e-greeting cards. Yeah. Although, oh, I think he actually yeah. sold that company. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, links in the show notes. Uh, but uh, we got to take a break, and uh, we'll be back to talk about music. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. All right, and we're back. Summer concert lineups are filling my inbox, and the Denver Post reported this week that 2024 is expected to see another year of huge growth in the local live music industry with, quote, a record number of shows, artists, and venues absorbing the ever-increasing demand for live acts. We're going to talk about all of that, but we're going to start with Drake, who after two postponements has officially canceled his ball arena stop on the tour this year. Sucks. Becky, why is he doing this? (laughs) Why? <laughs> Becky, you're around young people. Yeah, why oh, did he I do know. This? Well, <laughs> Drake is my husband's guilty pleasure. So, so this many, is what he he's so many whispers music poetically guilty to pleasure, me. I would yeah, say. Yes. Like, I know like, very, <laughs> very people that are versed in the history of music and. And yes. there, but I also just love Drake. Yeah. And I'm like, that's because you're a human yeah. and it feels good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I, um, I'm not a huge, like, big arena show person um in general man but that's a damn that that sucks bro (laughs) so it's all the drake fans although maybe there's a lot of drake fans out there like your husband who are like listening in private and don't really want to be seen true actually at the drake show i've heard that that's a bad vibe right now that's there's that it's questionable vibes but i actually there was i've heard him have discussion with friends about like oh Wait, are you going to the Drake show? <laughs> or like, wait, I mean, and they'll be like, well, I love this album. <laughs> yeah, I just go. Yeah, yeah who cares? I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not I've there for the him. music. I just like his, his attitude. You know? yeah. I like the way he trades women, actually. Yeah. That's what I like. I'm a big fan of that. I've seen him like four times, I think. He's, yeah. He's great. But my theory on this, Paul, though, is uh, yeah. he's not going to reschedule shows in the middle of nowhere. And I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Denver is a little bit in the middle of nowhere. And uh, when you're routing a large tour that needs to make money, you need to be in line with other cities that you're going to be hitting. So he's not just going to be like, hey, I'm hanging out in Miami. I'm going to fly to Denver with my crew. Bring all my – I mean, you're doing a ballerina show. That requires several several semis worth of stage stuff. So mm. I, I think logistically – we're just not going to get that unless he does a whole another tour again. Um, but my second thought about this is sort of a conspiracy theory that he hasn't returned to Denver since 2016. Um, 
And in 2019, a video surfaced from a 2010 show at the Ogden Theater where he brought a 17-year-old girl on stage, kissed her, made inappropriate comments about her body, and then made jokes about going to jail for doing that. And um, again, this resurfaced in 2019. I was at Mm. that show and I wrote about it. (laughs) And so I can see where maybe he's a little bit like Denver tried to cancel me. I don't. (laughs) How did the crowd react in that moment? Were people? What? What? what Everybody people, was okay. Like, so, yeah, the kind of woman from the audience. Well, like, just, just know the. So this is 2010, right? He's just come out. I don't even know if he's put out the full album yet. He's the U Vest guy. This is his like. Yeah. But it's at the Ogden Theater. So before he comes on stage, they bring out a microphone pre-shrouded in bras. Like they weren't thrown on stage. This is part of the show. It's part of the show. So I would say from that aspect, there's a lot of young women Mm. and probably men in the audience who were like, I want to go on stage with Drake. I want Drake to kiss me. I don't think that that's unreasonable. He was hugely marketable because he was attractive. Like let's Mm -hmm. be realistic. I I think I'm, I, I don't know. Like in 2010, I was like still impressionable. My brain wasn't fully formed, like developed yet. So maybe I would have been like, oh, cool. Yeah. But like, I, it's not, I wouldn't say it was out of, like you're saying, it's not out of character for someone to say something like that on stage. It's like party time excellent. Like people are just fucking saying stupid ass shit. All right. Okay. So Drake's not coming to Denver. We are going to get some cool new stuff here when it comes to live music. There's two new music venues um, opening very soon. There's one that's opening next month called Two Moons um, that's going into Rhino across from the Shake Shack on Larimer. And then there's another, um, which is like a currently empty, like massive 18,000 square foot warehouse in uh, Alma Lincoln Park that looks like it's going to become some kind of like rave hall. Uh, Becky, which would you rather play? <laughs> um, the rave hall seems cooler and I love that neighborhood. Mm. Um, they're not going to book me. Two Moons just followed me on Instagram this morning, Ooh, funnily enough. This morning, this actual morning. Um, so I think they will probably be reaching. Well, I mean. You seem like the right kind of band to me. It's to, on Larimer. It's yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. You play a Friday night. Someone else is yeah. playing at the Larimer or uh-huh. whatever or Meadowlark and they wander over and they get to see you as well. To me, I'd love you that, would be yeah. that kind of band I would want to see there. Totally. Makes sense. Awesome. Thank you. Um, also, uh, what is the name of the company? Pearl Street? Oh, the hospitality, hospitality, yeah. hospitality. They also do Hudson Hill, and um, my, my husband and I live like walking distance from Hudson Hill, and we are addicts. Oh, like, I used to be. I used oh, to live like three blocks away. I was there every week. Is one of my favorite bars. So I loved good. It. So vibes are great. Um, I'm a fan of a trashy ass sticky floor dive bar myself. <laughs> so Same. it'd be, it'd feel like sometimes the really pretty bars feel like a lot to me, but like, I will definitely be going there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to like, I know it's going to be gorgeous and wonderful and just great vibes. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, the pictures they got, it's like full of plants. It's full of light. It looks really beautiful. Although the stage looks quite small. It seems like it's good for like a singer songwriter. That's maybe like thing. an open mic. That's my feeling. That was my worry too, was mm-hmm. is this. So there's a quote from the owner that says, I actually don't have a huge amount of experience in the music industry. Yes, correct. <laughs> Which makes me a little concerned because sound then often is a problem. Uh, stage size, the intention of the room 
if someone walks in and doesn't feel that it's a music venue, they're not going to treat it like a music venue, as in they're going to stand in front of your stage and talk while you're playing. And that would be my one concern is like, yeah. is it going to feel like a music venue? And is it going to sound? Is the sound going to be good? Yeah. So that's the thing. And Larimer Lounge now on the weekends books a lot more DJs. They actually exclusively book, book like electronic music for the most part. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Sorry. Wow, Fun fact. How I sorry. Been there. Larimer Lounge. Um, but so that's going to be the people that are going to be hanging out around there. And so I just um, the idea is really cool. But I, and I definitely like and I love ratio. I love that area. It's very she she very like cute. And like fun, and it's just becoming more and more like mm -hmm. gentrified. A hottie which, hot spot. Yeah, which is like cute, 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 fun. We love it. More white people, cool, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But like also, like it, yeah, it's just, it, I think it, uh, it feels like a forced. Like and the and the person yeah it, it feels almost forced. You're you're so, changing my viewpoint now. I'm I, so, oh, I'm no, horrible. it's okay. Just I'm thinking so about no 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 no. I'm thinking about I haven't been to the Laramie Lounge in a long time and like yeah. that literally yeah. was the place where my first bands played a lot of shows yeah. in the early 2000s and it was I mean Arcade Fire has played there like oh, so cool. I mean really huge bands have played there and yeah. so I didn't know that it's had that shift and that yeah. might change the foot traffic of this With other weekend place. and but like week week nights actually I did the last show I saw at Larimer Lounge was Wednesday this band from Georgia um, I believe and they're like so they're still booking bands it's they're just booking bands not on the weekends yeah. okay yeah 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 so it'll be like a weeknight like trash like hopefully trashing I'm hoping for a trashier the better like have yeah. have like a beer and a shot at Larimer walk over have your like nice drink or start with a nice drink maybe while you can still taste it <laughs> not too much see <laughs> See somebody maybe locally that you know and then yeah. walk over to Larimer. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, all right. There's one more live music uh, news story that's uh, I thought was really interesting. Um, Red Rocks is currently under construction right now uh, before their season opens on March 30th. They're doing all sorts of cool stuff up there. Uh, a couple of details from the Denver Post story that I'll just pull out here. They're totally revamping the visit the, the the top of the venue, the, the visitor center area, and they're adding this uh, – indoor outdoor bar patio pergola thing um and then also a bunch of like um improvements and adjustments to make it easier for people with disabilities to get around at red rocks uh yeah also you, the non-binary restrooms um tell me more is this exciting for you too all these improvements at red rocks I mean, I'm going to have to see it to believe it. I think we talked about Paul a little bit in this article they talk about the the what is it like a photo gallery or something oh yeah yeah interactive so, tech yeah. upgrades to oh, the exhibits yeah there's like a the gallery behind which you take the stairs behind so into the big restrooms and the yeah. and at the at the top that's some shit i don't care about <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i've only been in there one time to see a band during monolith in 2009 when my favorite noise band health was playing inside there cool. and that was so cool, they actually, because again. you're like in it's in a rock, you know, it still has the rocky thing. But other than that, I've never I mean, that was 15 years ago. I've never been in there again. So that part doesn't excite me. And I'm skeptical. I will say I go to concerts a lot with uh, someone who uses a wheelchair and I would go and test it. Honestly, I'll just go and see because the ADA was passed in 1990. We have not made the upgrades we've needed to make. They I it remains to be seen. Crossing I, fingers. I really hope that they did it right. 
because that that has been a problem at Red Rocks for so long. So many yeah. lawsuits, so much consternation over this. Yeah, like, I think just, everyone wants to feel good about Red Rocks and be proud of it, but yeah. that's like the one thing that just like ugh, it's, it's not really, for everybody. Yeah, I really it's, hate how it's exclusive. Mm-hmm, it's super discriminatory in a lot of ways. I mean, I dragged my parents to the Allison Krauss Robert Plant show, and like, whew, we were huffing and puffing. Yeah. Telling me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if those things can actually be upgraded in a way that that is truly changes the function of it, Great. I'm all about it. Yes, please. Heck yeah. All right. So live music, bigger and better than ever. Can't can't Great. wait. Can't, can't wait. wait. <laughs> Not for me personally, but yeah, can't, can't wait for all, <laughs> all the fans personally. out there. Uh, all right. One more break and we'll be back with uh, the best way to end a week. Wins and fails. Wins and fails. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Here we are. End of the week. We did it, everyone. Congratulations. You, listener, you did it. You're here. Um, so we're going to do wins and fails like we always do. Uh, Rocky Mountain highs and lows. Uh, so we've each brought a recent local something that uh, we think is a win and another one we think is a fail. And we're going to talk about it. Uh, and you know what? Normally, I- I'd let one of you two go first, but I'm going to go ahead and claim it. I'm going right, to start us off Great. with a fail. Uh, my fail this week is this: all these restaurants closing downtown. There was like four restaurants closing yeah. downtown this week. Three Saints Revival, Avelina, uh, Anna's Norwegian Bakery, and uh, and but the one that hurts me, you know, my community, the pizza lovers, is Ian's Pizza in oh. Ballpark. Um, yeah, but was, didn't you say they had pizza with macaroni and cheese on it? Which had devoted fans. Uh, I was not one of them. That's that's a lot of that's a that's <laughs> but a lot it's, of carbs. It's still a loss for the pizza community. Yes, fair. This was okay. a Wisconsin-based yes. chain. I don't think we have any other places that will offer the mac and cheese pie. I know a lot of people love this place. They had a horrible flooding problem last year. Oh, they could just no. never recover. Cover oh. on top of the downtown issues that we talk about all the time. Yeah. And, uh, Reading some of the quotes from the owners of these restaurants, it was like COVID just like, we just yeah. still can't recover. Yeah. We have just not recovered from COVID, from the pandemic and from, you know, the drastic changes to the service industry. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I agree. That sucks. Yeah. Less variety downtown. Less not variety. good. It, it, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. Also, this is one of the places that uh, offers honey for the crust, you know, the Denver oh. style. Pizza Bojo. delicacy. Like Bojo's isn't, Bojo's oh, is Don't even say gone. Bojo's to Paul. Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll, it's I'll put a link in the show notes. Becky. Sorry, I did a I whole said it year. like five it's, times over, like it's Beetlejuice. Fine. It's okay. I'm triggered. You know, I'm furious right <laughs> I'm now. I'm sorry. But I'll, I'll be fine in a few hours. Um, all right. Which one of you two wants to go for a fail? Um, yeah, I'll uh, go for a fail. I This is probably, I'm in the part of the internet that's uh, very anti-Zionist. So going to bring up something pretty controversial. Um, Denver City Council did not pass a ceasefire pro- proclamation for the Israel-Gaza uh, conflict. Um, kind of the basically annihilation of Gaza. Um, only four people out of, was it? Only four of the 13 city council members voted for the proclamation and it was already not a very... Um, 
it was it was already not strong enough for a lot of pro-Palestinian to begin um, with. Yeah, and it's uh, devastating, and that it can't it wasn't even agreed upon at a local level in a uh, blue city. Mm-hmm. Like, not just not agreed upon. I heard from yeah, a couple of uh, folks from AIDS oh. and that it got really quite. Quite testy. This 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 sense. ceasefire resolution in particular. It's controversial. I hate to bring it up, but yeah, for for me, it's just been devastating to watch. Um, and it's um, I know that there have been beautiful local actions. I follow Jewish Voice for Peace um, myself, and like they're doing some amazing things across the U.S., um, including in Denver and Boulder, and that's of course a win in itself. But um, it's just. It's really hard to see um, all that happening, and it just feels like such a disconnect here in the U.S. Yeah, Hmm. I feel you. Mm -hmm. I feel you. If you see and you know what's happening there, how can we not Mm -hmm. at least just make a statement to say we support human beings not being murdered and displaced in mass? I yeah. feel you. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the other side of it is there's a lot of tragedy in the world. There's people dying all yeah. over the of place. Course. Should, yeah. Is the Denver City Council's responsibility to condemn all tragedy everywhere? That was a piece of that was like, why aren't we focused on local issues? I um, I, I mean, they think there's room for <laughs> that yeah. voice among it depends many on the other politicians, actions. Really, how yeah. you want to represent people, what you want to mm-hmm. say to people, how you try to win the votes. Um, all right, Brie, I think that means it's your turn. Yeah. Um, in the last couple of weeks, a musician here in Denver named David Dinsmore passed away. And uh, he was just a music scene staple here. He played trombone in uh, a very Denver famous ska band here for a long time called Judge Roughneck. Um, he currently was in a Tom Waits cover band where he like fronted it. It was called the oh, Lost cool. Dog Ensemble. And he passed away, it seems unexpectedly. I didn't know him personally, but it's just one of those unfortunate moments where all of a sudden people you know just start pouring out these thoughts about this person that seemed so wonderful. He grew up here uh, in Colorado Springs, and he did a lot to do that foundation building for the music scene. And a lot of folks said he was my mentor. He's someone that sort of helped me get into music and helped me build bands and book shows. And I just wanted to send my condolences to David Dinsworth's family and to all of my friends that lost a collaborator and a friend and a wonderful musician. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, damn. Uh, <laughs> love Tom Waits, though. Boy, I, I don't want that to be the thing coming out of there, but I, yeah, I, I'm I reminded never of how much them, I love Tom I, Waits and I oh, wish I would have seen a Tom I Waits cover I heard it was band. an incredible Dang. show. Like yeah. they put on a great show. That's so. really cool. I know. Um, but well, okay, let's move on to, we could be happy now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what a legacy oh, though. Come on. Yeah. He's got an awesome legacy. It was legacy. really beautiful yeah. to see so many types of people from, you know, because the music mm-hmm. scene is broken up into all these little right. sub things. I like and it to know. Yeah, and so many people from different areas of the music scene knew him. So that's really cool. He really touched a lot of lives. That's awesome. Um, Becky, you want to give us a win? Um, ooh, my big win, another kind of global meets local. Uh, big, big fan of what's happening with a lot of our ladies in the highlands that are taking care of some of our Venezuelan refugees. Yeah. Um, I know uh, – we picked up some food for some catering. My husband and I did from a lady who's hosting a couple um, of Venezuelan, a Venezuelan couple and their daughter, um, and they were cooking a bunch of arepas. And so um, we got wow. catering. And so like, and they're like 
re- it's uh, I think it's being covered in the Denver in Denver a lot, and then. Um, these a lot of these ladies that are locals are yeah. are bringing them in or like helping them make money. Like we went over to Stanley Marketplace and there's like that room where I I know that it's been talked a lot about kind of a lot, but I love it. I love it. It feels really like a community effort, a community coming together and in a very like um, that DIY way. Yeah. So, um, super big fan of like all these ladies just like, Oh, use my Venmo. I'm going to pay them in cash. Like it's, it's Mm. incredible. It's like anytime there's a way that people figure out how to work around the system too, when it's not moving fast enough. I mean, I know this, it's hard to government. The city's doing all it can. Yeah. But but communities, you know, these Facebook groups uh, and groups of families and, and neighborhoods are just stepping up it's incredible offering what they I mean it's just it's mutual aid at its core yeah. how do we share what we have yeah with Makes someone me a who big needs fan of yeah. humanity so I, yeah. yeah I love that story for our city and I think that it will resonate for a long time I, I wonder about this um ever since the Mike Johnston the mayor Mike Johnston's budget cuts they announced a couple of years ago I've heard from a couple of people who are feeling a little bit cooler on uh, the way Denver's been handling this I mean I can understand because we're starting to see the impacts of like money is not a never ending. <laughs> We've talked about it on the show before. Mm-hmm. Our city has done pretty well over the last decade or so. And so we've kind of been had enough money to do what we needed to do, the projects we needed to, to, you know, capital projects and running basic services. And now that we're losing those, I can see why people are getting a little bit bummed about it. Yeah. I just maybe looking at some of these suburbs that are not doing oh, anything. Yeah. Not being welcoming at all. And not all. only not doing yeah. anything, proudly announcing how they're not doing anything, yeah. which is a wild take. Yeah. Oh, a different route for oof, sure. Yeah. That makes, oh, but I, it just makes what we are doing. This, even, it makes me know, think of a meme called it. this meeting, sh- uh, this meme that goes, uh, it's been my theme this week, which not in reality, but in my head, this meeting could have been a fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> like to take some of these people outside. <laughs> Just beat each other up. Yeah. Get it over with. You'll like, be fine. Be more welcoming. <laughs> Sorry, I probably clipped there, but be more welcoming. <laughs> Punch him in the face. That that's not really how it works, I guess. Hmm. But congrats to the community <laughs> doing the work here to take care of people. Shout out, shout out to the Highlands Mommies Facebook group. Oh, yeah. let's go. Maybe Honestly, we'll. girl power. Yeah. I all right, you want to go, Brie, or should I? Uh, go ahead. Okay, I gave a pizza fail. I'm giving a pizza win. Oh, good. Okay, it. even I, it out. I had the first new pizza place that I've been excited about in in quite a while. It's called Dough Counter on South Colorado Boulevard, oh, just yeah. to south of Poppies. That's around right. The My Shea favorite Artiste. shopping centers oh, wow. area oh, areas mm-hmm. strips of shopping shopping centers. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. strip malls. Oh, it cool. is so good. This place. Here's their specialty. They get they'll make a Sicilian style. I think that's their that's their thing. So it's like square. It's a little bit thicker, like a focaccia style crust. Um, but and you know how the the sauce is uh, is normally on top of the cheese on that style. So they have a pie you can get where they have stripes of three different sauces on top, like a vodka sauce, a pizza, uh, the traditional red pizza sauce, and the green. Basil pesto, Whoa. all on one pie. It's so a flavor a, explosion. If you're a oh sauce guy. God. Brilliant innovation from Dough Counter. Whoa. Highly recommended. That's my win of the week. Okay. Love it. Did you tell them to put macaroni on it? <laughs> Maybe next time I will. <laughs> oh, my God. A, they got to provide the honey. Uh, they do have honey. Oh, they do see, have honey. good. They yes. know what they they're do. doing. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. 
Uh, Brie, how about you? What's your win? You know, uh, when we were just prepping for this conversation and talking about Denny's and listening to Becky's music, it just, I wanted to give a shout out to my favorite diner. I've talked about it on the show. The only, the only negative is it's not open 24 hours. If it was, it would be the perfect place in the world, but it's looking good on Sheridan and first. I was there this past weekend with some girlfriends and I just thought about how not stressful it is to go there. The service is always the same. The food is always awesome. The atmosphere is amazing. They have weird Elvis memorabilia for some reason everywhere. I love it. It's, <laughs> but it's a diner. They have a pie display and yes. everyone is nice. And the guy that seats you is the same guy every time. And I just like love that place so much. And I can take anybody there. I can take my rowdy two-year-old. I can meet, I, I have girlfriends I meet with every couple of months. My fa- my mom's was texting me. She's going to go there tonight with my aunt. You see, you know, tables full of grandpas in Broncos gear and you see teenagers and it's just, it's a true diner in that sense. And we just don't talk enough about the diners that do still exist. And looking good is the jam. It's been there for 46 years. Where is it again? It's on the corner of First and Sheridan. Oh, okay. It's a beautiful 70s like wood structure. It's gorgeous. I'm sure they built it for themselves. They had to have. It's beautiful because it has a bar in it. They have DJs on the weekend. No. Really good DJs. If you're That's like, where I want to play. Yeah. yeah it's all, and they have a downstairs bar. It's <laughs> oh, amazing. And they That's have a room incredible. you can rent for big parties. So this is just my commercial. Looking good lounge. Looking good <laughs> restaurant. The One of the best diners mm-hmm. in the city, if not the best. I want to go. You should. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, here we are at the end of the show. Uh, Becky, you got some new music out. People should go listen to it. Where would be the best place for them to listen? (sighs) (laughs) Go to Bandcamp, you guys. Bellhost.bandcamp.com. Because we can buy directly from you. Yeah, you can. It does help. I mean, I have a day job for a reason. I'm not looking. That's not why I do music. (laughs) You're about to get the city cast bump here. Tell your boss. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, to, oh, I know. I know, right? You're oh, wait. Put in your two-week notice. Oh, Jesus. This thing's going to the moon Yeah, right oh, now. I, I hope. No, I I actually really love my boss. Okay. <laughs> Are they supportive yeah. of your music career? Oh, my God, so supportive. Okay. So supportive. And also, like, I like not doing music at all times. I like doing other, think about other things sometimes, because my music is like, oh, my God, so... Ugh. Um, well, Becky, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I didn't say anything really weird. <laughs> Just a little weird. Thanks for coming, Becky. It was really thank nice you. to talk to you again. Thanks, Bree. <laughs> That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, and Olivia Jewell Love. Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mocochetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, at CityCastDenver, and tell your followers on social media about us next time you log on. You can sign up for that daily newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you next week. Something with KG and you in a couple weeks, and I have to practice that is not different. cussing. <laughs> they are under different regulations. <laughs> yeah, it's the Wild West in podcasts. Do whatever excellent. the fuck you want. Excellent, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Okay.